have your Bibles, go to the book of Luke, chapter 1. I'm very, very excited about the message this morning. Timeless message. I'm sure all of you have read it. I'm sure all of you know it. I'm sure all of you can probably get up here and preach it better than I could. But I'm going to do my best to take you on uh, a uh, journey this morning. Last week we talked about Zechariah and Elizabeth and how God visited them in the temple. And we talked about, you know, the importance of having... Um, a heart that's, that's ready to believe in the word of God. And we talked about having a heart that's ready to receive the blessing and the promise from God. And that God hears us when we pray. God answers us when we pray. God wants to give to us. And God wants to not only give his word, but then God wants to keep his word. And God will keep his word. How many of you since last Sunday have, have begun stir, feeling a stirring in your spirit of things God maybe has spoken to you? Or maybe some things God's done in your life in the past and you're, you're, you're seeing them come to pass or, or maybe you're anticipating them come to pass. I want to encourage you, stay in that place. Stay in that place because God has not forgotten what he has spoken to you. The, the Bible says the word of the Lord, when it goes forth, it cannot come back empty. But it will accomplish everything for which it was sent forth to accomplish. So that means when God speaks a word into your life, whether it's through the message or through your personal reading or when somebody speaks a word over you maybe that they feel prophetically or maybe you're in your prayer time and you hear the voice of the Lord say something to you, no matter when you receive the word from God, if that word has been spoken by God, it will go into your heart and it will accomplish everything God wants it to accomplish if you have good ground to receive it. Are you hearing me this morning? So can we pray that real quick? Lord, let my heart be good ground. Come on, say it with me. Lord, let my heart be good ground. Let me receive the word you have for me this morning. Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. Very similar to the way we did it last week. I'm just going to walk through and tell the story with you. And we're going to talk about it as we go. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, as I just said, I thank you that when your word goes forth, it doesn't come back empty. But then I thank you, God, that your word is living. That, Lord, you said in the book of Hebrews that your word is living and it's active. That it never stops working. It never stops moving. That, Lord, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That it cuts through to the heart. It cuts through to the soul and the spirit. So, Lord, I pray right now the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, may they be pleasing in your sight. You are my rock. My Redeemer in you, I put my trust this morning. Would you do what you want to do this morning, God? Because you are more than able. And I ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're with me, what do you say? Amen. Luke 1, starting in verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, in the sixth month of what? Okay, let's go a little backwards here. We had just talked about how Elizabeth... Had, be, had become pregnant under the power of the Holy Spirit with, with Zechariah, her husband. So God opened up her womb, and when they came together as a married couple, all of a sudden now she'd been barren her whole life. Now she's conceived, and she has a baby, and that baby is now six months um, in the growth process inside of her womb. So in the sixth month of her pregnancy, the angel Gabriel, the same angel, please note that, the same angel that appeared to Zechariah in the temple and gave him the word of God that Elizabeth would become pregnant and bear a son and they were to give him the name John and he would grow up to become who we know in the Bible as John the Baptist. So that that baby in his sixth month of pregnancy inside of Elizabeth's womb, in the sixth month, the same angel, Gabriel, sent from God again, this time to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. 
And right now, every single one of you is like, okay, I know this story now. But, but I want you to see some things maybe you've never seen before. First of all, I want you to understand the power of this scripture right now. That the reason Luke is, is specifically saying what the name of the father was and who the name of the mother is and of the house that they come from. Because one of the prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah is he would come from the tribe of Judah through the line of David. Are you hearing me this morning? So Luke is right here telling the Gentiles who are reading this, because Luke is a Gentile himself. He's a Gentile doctor. And Luke is writing the, this book specifically to the Gentiles, and he's saying that everything you've heard about the Messiah and the heritage of the Messiah, this is confirmation that this is real. This is confirmation as, an, as a witness that what you're hearing is not a fabled story and that Jesus did not come through the tribe of Levi or the tribe of Reuben or the tribe of Simeon, but that Jesus came through the tribe of Judah through the line of David as he was supposed to intend to, and he came through this couple, Joseph and Mary. Verse 28, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, for the Lord is with you. So right there and then, he's disarming her. Right there and then, I haven't showed up to hurt you. I haven't showed up to bring you bad news. Greetings, you favored one, for the Lord is with you. How many are so thankful that the Lord is with us? One of, Jesus, one of the names of God is Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. That God is right there with us. And no matter what we go through or what our life may look like, God is always right there with us. And I love that he calls her the favored one. We're going to get to that in just a second. But she was greatly troubled at this saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting that this might be. So very similar to Zechariah. Don't forget, Zechariah was the first person in over 400 years to get any kind of God or divine um, visitation or word of any kind. And now Mary, as we see in Scripture, is the second one to receive something from God in 400 years. And, what's, and so immediately she's like, this doesn't happen. This isn't like the reading of the, of the scrolls in the synagogue in Nazareth. And this isn't like hearing my father or my friends or, or my mother speak the word of God that they know by their heart. But no, this is an angelic visitation. And so immediately her discernment meter goes into, into work. And what I love about that is she is very, very close to the heart of God. That she's trying to make sure, is what I'm hearing really him? Are you hearing me this morning? Because the Bible says in some places, if an angel of the Lord, if, the, if someone appears to you as an angel of the Lord and speaks something that is in conflict with, with, with the word of God, rebuke it and say, do not speak anymore. So right here, her discernment is kicking in and she's trying to figure out, why is this person talking to me? Why is this visitation happening? And is this really God? And I love that about her. She's testing it. She's not, Zechariah, not believing She's testing it and going, I want to make sure I'm getting truly something from God. How many believe that's a good place to be? How many believe in the last days, whenever you listen to the words of people, you need to put your discernment meter hat on and let your gift kick in and go, God, I want to hear you in the midst of all the noise. And God, I want to hear you in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the confusion, because Satan is the author of confusion. God is the author of order and peace. And so in the midst of chaos and confusion, I want to have peace discerning there's the voice of God. I hear that voice. The Bible says there should be a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but rather in all your ways, acknowledge him 
and he will direct your path. He'll make your path straight. So what is that? What are you trying to say, Pastor David? Mary is right now discerning and not leaning on, I see what I see, I'm hearing what I'm hearing, but I want to make sure in my spirit that I'm, that I'm hearing truly the voice of God. Are you with me this morning? And don't forget, she's a teenage girl. Some scholars believe she could be as young as 13, as old as 17. Teenage girl. And she's got this kind of wisdom and this kind of discernment. You know what that tells me? As a young girl, she walks close to God. I want, you, I want to encourage you this morning, all of you parents and grandparents, do not let your kids be raised in the ways of the Lord by anybody else but you. Your children's pastor, your youth pastors, we get them for 30 minutes, an hour a week maybe. The strongest voice of God they need to hear is coming out of your mouth. So make sure you raise your children, your grandchildren. Make sure you raise them under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and let them hear the voice of the Lord. So even at a young age, when people speak to them, that's not Father. That's not God. I've heard my parents talk about God. I've heard my parents read Scripture. I've heard my grandparents read Scripture. I know what God sounds like. I have a walk with God. I have a sense of God. I don't want to walk through this life unsheltered and unequipped. I do not want my kids. You saw me baptize my little girl last week. I do not want her to walk through this life and walk through the darkness of this world completely unknowing of where God's voice is. At a young age, Mary knew, I need to know the voice of God. And the angel said to her in verse 30, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So he's going right back to saying, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Therefore, the angel is, is double stamping it. You are favored because you have found favor. Now, I want you to see the writing in that. The Bible does not say you have favor with God. The Bible does not say God is giving you favor. The Bible says you have found favor. How do you find favor? You go looking for it. Every word in this scripture means something. The author Luke was very particular to say things the way he said it. And even more, God was very clear to tell Gabriel, tell her these exact words. She has found favor with me. So what does that mean? She wasn't born with it. It wasn't because of her parents. It wasn't because of her grandparents. She lived a life of of holiness and dedication to God in which through the process of living a life of dedication and holiness to God, she found favor. Are you with me this morning? So many of us want God to favor us and want God to do things in our lives, but God's like, you can't find favor with me because your life doesn't ask for it. Are you hearing me this morning? Every day I pray, Lord, I pray my heart today will find favor with you. I pray my life today, God, will be pleasing in your eyes. Lord, help me to guard what I say and guard what I do. I am not perfect. Even yesterday, I fell short of the glory of God. But I can tell you in the moment that that happened, I immediately shook the face of God. It said, God, what I just did, I put it under the blood of Jesus. Would you forgive me? Because you said in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sin, you are faithful and you are just to forgive me of all my sin and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. So God, would you cleanse me? Would you make me holy? So I can once again find favor with you. See, so many of us, when we mess up, we sit down in it, and we let it define our lives, and we let it define our day. One bad thing happens to you, and the whole day is ruined. Instead of in that moment, take that bad thing and put it under the blood of Jesus, and let the blood of Jesus purify it, and now it's like it never happened. 
Are you hearing me this morning? We have to live a life that's holy and pleasing to God. This is what the Bible calls worship. That we have to be no longer conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then we can what? Find God's good pleasing and perfect will and when you find God's good pleasing and perfect will and you live by that good pleasing and perfect will guess what you're going to find along the way favor and all of a sudden God's going to open up that door that at one point was closed why because now I can trust you with that door because you have found favor with me now that answer to that prayer that I kept telling you, wait, 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 now you're ready to receive the answer to that prayer because now you have found favor with me. Are you with me this morning? You cannot come to God and get answers and get miracles and get blessings just by doing good things. There has to be a relationship connection where God can trust you. Pastor David, why in the world are you getting so much out of the scripture? Because I want you to know the gift she's about to get. Are you hearing me this morning? Some of you already know the end from the story by now, but what she's about to receive from God, do you think that God just picked any random girl to receive this blessing? God picked her, why? Because her life was ready for it. Because her, her heart was ready to receive it. Her, she had found favor with him in such a way that God scanned the world and typed in his computer, girl that can bear the Messiah for the Jewish race and for the redemption of all mankind. Scanning, 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 scanning. Nazareth, young teenage girl, she's the one. Why? Her data came back. She's found favor. She's ready. She's ready. Wow. Why Mary? She was ready. She had a life of favor with God. I love going back to the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Why of all the people did God pick Noah to build the ark? Because if you read before God visits him, Noah was a righteous man who walked with God. Why of all the people did God chose David to be the king of Israel? Because in the middle of the chaos and confusion of Saul and the Philistines army and everything, somewhere out in the field was a shepherd boy that had no goals or aspirations for greatness. All he cared about was keeping his father's sheep and worshiping the Lord on his harp. That's all he cared about. And God said, there's the humility. There's the heart of worship. There's the heart of holiness. That one can lead my people. You have to get your life to a place where God can, can actually entrust you with the blessings he wants to give you and entrust you with the miracles he wants to give you. That's why we don't ask God to pour out his fire on an empty altar. We've got to prepare our hearts for the fire. Prepare our hearts for the blessing because we can't live however we want to live and do whatever we want to do and expect God to favor us and expect God to bless us. It's not because he doesn't want to. It's not because he can't. It's because our hearts won't be able to receive it. Are you with me? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Yeshua which means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And, he will give, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Before I go any further, it'd be really helpful now if I gave you the first point. And the first point is, would you tell them God has favor? 
I apologize for that, but now you have it. First point on the back of your, on the back of your bulletin, God has favor. God has favor for you. God wants to favor you. God wants you to find favor with him. God wants to bless you. God wants to do miracles in your life. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. I've been in a lot of prayer time lately this week asking God to reveal to me the things he wants to do in my life. Because a word was spoken over me on Tuesday night. God wants to give you whatever you want. God wants to bless you and open up the doors and open up the windows of heaven in your life and give you whatever you want. So you know what my reaction to that should, could have been? Well, God, I want a billion dollars. Well, God, I, 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 want, I want breakthrough and I want to sell platinum albums. God, I want to preach on a stage in front of a thousand people. You know, you could ask all those kind of things. But you know what I, you know what, you know what I did in my prayer closet the next day? I got before God and God literally said to me, okay, son, what do you want? How many want to be in that space? What do you want? And you know what I said? I'm not afraid to say this. I said, Lord, I just want you. I just want you. And can I tell you the moment I said it, something broke in me. And what broke in me were chains of expectations, limitations, things that maybe from my past that I've carried with me. And it was almost like God saying, that's the right answer. I felt like Solomon in that moment. Ask me what you will, Solomon. I don't know how to rule. Would you just give me wisdom to do a decent job? Okay, I'll give you that. But in that moment, I just was like, God, in you is everything. In you are the blessings. In you is the favor. In you is the protection. In you is the provision. In you is, is, the, is the discernment. In you, God, is the glory. In you, God, is the presence. And the only thing I need in this life is you. You'll open up all the doors. You'll make a way where there is no way. You'll break the chains that are coming. You'll heal all the diseases. You'll cause the miracles. God, you can split the Red Sea. You can come through walls if you want to. You can do whatever in this world you want to do. Why would I want all the gifts when I can have the giver? Are you with me today? And the same as needs to be true about you. I pray this morning when you leave that you know God has favor for you. God has blessings for you. God has miracles for you. God has provision for you. God has power for you. God has breakthroughs for you. Are you ready to receive them? If your heart and your life is not ready to receive them, then here's the problem. He'll look at your life and go, I don't trust you. I love my boy Nate. He's sitting up there listening to daddy right now. He's 11 years old. I don't trust him with the keys to my car. I don't trust my little beautiful little angel Lucy who I baptized last week. I love her with all my heart. I don't trust her to be alone with Mark in the house. Because she's nine years old, he's three years old, they still need adult supervision. Are you here with me? Why? The relationship hasn't gotten to a place where they are trustworthy yet. Some of you may be questioning, God, how come you're still not doing this? Or why am I still waiting for this? Or, or when's the breakthrough going to happen? Or when's the, when's the power going to happen? And I want to ask you this question. Can God trust you yet? Can God give you the answer? 
or if God does give you the miracle and God does give you the answer and does, God does give you the favor, is there a slight chance you may look at it and go, I did that? Is there a slight chance you may look at it and go, I deserve that? Is there a slight chance you may look at it and go, well, it's about time, God. Or if it, or if it does happen, will you be ready spiritually to immediately give all glory, all honor, all praise, all wisdom, all power back to the one who made it happen in your life? Some of us are begging God to do things. And God is literally sitting there going, I so want to. But you're not ready yet. I don't trust you yet. It's a revelation I had to learn the hard way. You know how I know? Because I didn't receive my wife until I got to a place where God could trust me with her. I tried to find my wife my way, and I dated the wrong girl twice. I was, too, I was so ready to get married. I was so ready to find the one. So I kept trying. I kept doing experiments. And they all left me heartbroken. Why? Because I wasn't trusting the one who had the right one for me. So finally, I got before God. And I said, God, my way ain't working. So Lord, right now, would you just make me a man who is able and ready and righteous before you? And make me good husband material for whoever she is and wherever she might be. Within six months, I had her. Because why? God matured me and got my heart ready to receive what he had always planned for me. That's the way God works. Why? He's a father. He's a father. He wants to bless his children, but he's waiting till his children are grown up and ready to be blessed. Are you with me this morning? Let's get back to the text now, shall we? Or I'll chase rabbit trails all day. He will be great, talking of Jesus. He'll be called the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. As a mama, how would you like to know your children are going to have a legacy that literally will last forever? Forever. That what they're going to do in this life will live on forever. Oh, man, there's no greater moment of pride for that for a parent, is there? So immediately, she, she's got to be like, oh, boy, this ain't just a child who's going to grow up and have a shop on the end of the street corner. This kid's going to change the world. This kid's going to change the world. But then immediately, of course, she probably is thinking to herself, hold on a second. I'm not married I've never even had sex yet. I've never even, I've never even opened up any part of my life to the opportunity or the thought process of having a baby. What in the world is this going to be? Why in the world, how in the world is this going to happen? What in the world is going to make this a possibility? God, you got to explain this to me. And this is where point number two comes in. God has a plan. It wasn't her plan. She didn't plan this. She didn't see this coming. She's just weaving baskets or, or doing laundry or cooking food or out running around with the other teenage girls playing in the field, whatever she was doing that day. And all of a sudden she gets alone and probably, I guarantee you I know what she was doing. She was alone in prayer before God. 
She was alone in prayer before God, and in that moment, God visits her through an angel. I can guarantee you that's what she was doing. And in that moment, she's like, okay, I didn't pray for this. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't anticipate this. This was not my plan. This was not on my goal list for this day. This was not on my, on my New Year's resolutions for the year, tw- for the year uh, 2 or 3 AD, or 2 or 3 BC, excuse me. This was not on the resolution list. But I want you to know something this morning. It ain't her plan. It's his plan. You know, one of the biggest problems with heartbreak within the church is we keep trying to make our plans happen instead of surrendering and saying, God, what do you want? Because we get in our minds, well, God surely wants my life to look like this. I got my degree in this. I've been doing this job for 10 years. I've been dating this person for all this time, and we've got all these things in line that we've made happen, and we go, okay, God, I've built this the way I want to build it. Now, would you bless it and say this is you? And you know what? That's what Cain did. Cain brought God what he thought God wanted instead of going, God, what do you want? And that's why God blessed Abel and didn't bless Cain because Cain brought something God had cursed, the ground. And Abel brought God something that God had blessed and sacrificed. So, so many times we, we make our plans and we have our goals, we have our ambitions, and we, but we forget to remember and go, wait a second, when God saved me, he saved me from my plans. Because the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. The wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My plans can't save me. My ambitions can't save me. What I want to see happen in my life, it ain't going to fulfill me. The only thing that's going to fulfill me is what's already been planned out for me by the one who made me. How unfulfilling is it when you need a screwdriver and all you've got is a hammer? Come on, man. You know what I'm talking about. You brought all your tools to do the project and you needed that one tool that you left in your garage at home. I'll be back in a minute, Jim. I got to go all the way home and get the one tool I need to finish this job. In the same way, we have to be willing and ready to know that our God created me on purpose and with purpose. Therefore, I would be foolish to try to make my life in something other than the plan he has for me. I would be foolish to try to to take a tool and use it for something other than it was created for. I would be foolish to think I could take the saddle that's designed for a horse and put it on a hamster. The horse was built to carry man, not the hamster. I know that's a dramatic illustration, but I want you to see that's how God thinks. I created you for this. I designed you for this. You're going, to be, you're going to be able to do this. Your personality equips you to do this. The giftings and talents I've placed in you are help are going to be able for you to do this. But God, I don't want to be a hammer. I want to be a drill. But God, I don't want to be a horse. I want to be a hamster. Hamsters can't carry people. I know, but I don't want to be a horse. I want to be a hamster. We're acting like children. We got to grow up and get to a maturity level and go, okay, this is who I am. 
is the way God's created me to be. So Jesus, here's a crazy idea. Make me more like you. And the more I can become like you, the more I'll find who I truly am. And then the more I can really become who you've created me to be. And then guess what? Oh, this flows so much easier. Wow, these giftings and talents actually work. God's actually blessing this. I'm actually finding favor. The doors are actually opening. The blessings are actually coming. The provision is there. The power is there. I'm doing things so much easier in my life. I'm not frustrated as much. I'm not struggling as much. This is actually working. Why? God wanted it that way. Are you hearing me today? God has the plan. God has the perfect plan. And Mary said to that angel, well, then how will this be? Now, I want you to see the difference from Zechariah. Zechariah said, how is this even possible? How in the world could this happen? I'm old, she's old. How is this going to happen? Mary's attitude is different. How will this be? I'm a virgin. So she's not saying there's no way this can happen. She's saying, would you please explain to me how will this happen? In other words, acknowledging this is going to happen. I'm already saying, yes, God. Can you just tell me how you want to do this? You see the difference in the attitude? Zechariah is saying, I don't believe it. It's not going to happen. Mary's saying, I do believe it. How will it happen? And the Bible says that the angel spoke to her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. You see, behold, Mary, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, she's also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Third final point, God has all power. God has all power. How will this be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, Mary, man will have nothing to do with this. You will have nothing to do with this. This will be 100% a God-ordained miracle. This will be 100% a God-implanted seed. This will be a 100% God gestation process. This will be a 100% God delivered baby. This baby will be 100% God. Are you hearing me? I guess not. This baby will be all him. This baby will be not, not you and not Joseph. This baby will be all him. You will carry truly divine inside of you. Wow. This child will be called the son of God. You see, Mary, your old, sister, your old cousin Elizabeth was told she'd never have children. She was barren. All the other women around her were giving birth and she was never able to. But now God has opened up her womb and she is conceived and she will be delivering her baby in three months. So rest assured, what's going to happen with you is possible. For with God, nothing is impossible. Some of you this morning, I want you to hear, which is why we sang the songs we sang today. God is more than able. 
Some of you have been looked in the eye and said, this is no longer possible. Some of you have been looked in the eye and said, this is what the balance sheet says. Some of you looked in the eye and said, this is what the diagnosis says. Some of you have been looked in the eye from your parents or from your grandparents or from your children or your grandchildren, and you've heard horrible, terrible words. There's no redemption for this. There's no restoration for this. There's no future for this. But I want to tell you this morning, with God, nothing is impossible. For my God is omnipotent, which means omni, all potent power. God has all power. All power. So hearing the explanation, hearing what's going to happen, Mary has two choices here. The Zechariah way or the Mary way. The Zechariah way is, okay, I've heard everything, and I still don't believe it. Or the Mary way, which is what she does in verse 38. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then Gabriel departed from her. And right then and there, she was pregnant. Right there, she was pregnant. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to move to a time of prayer today as Aubrey comes. When we were in prayer before church today, the Lord spoke to me very strongly and said, this morning, I want to show I still have all power. I want to show I'm still more than able. I want to show that I am the same God who can impregnate a virgin and deliver my son through her womb. That I'm still the God who can breathe life into mortal people and bring out supernatural births and supernatural breakthroughs and supernatural provision and do wondrous, miraculous things in the hearts of those who have that same attitude. Lord, let it be to me according to your word. According to your word. You know, I don't know how many of you know this, but this morning we lost a great man in the faith. Pastor Carpenter, who pastored Refuge Church for several years, went to be with the Lord at 6 o'clock this morning. One of the markings of his ministry was he sought after the Lord for breakthrough, healing, signs, wonders, and miracles. And a lot of them happened in his pastorship because he believed what we are speaking today that nothing's too hard for God he believed that God his arm can still save he believed that God can still heal he believed that God can still bring deliverance breakthrough and do above and beyond what we can even think or imagine And Refuge Church would not be to where it is today, growing on an exponential level in every facet, now growing across three campuses. None of that would be possible if not for the faith of that man. And the foundation that he set, that Pastor Matt, Pastor Micah, and myself are building on. We're building on legacy of faith 
and legacy of determination and legacy of humility and willingness to pray that same prayer. Lord, whatever the plan, whatever the favor, whatever you want to do, let it happen according to your word. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Earlier I said to you, pray, Lord, let it be me. Earlier I said to you, raise your faith and raise your anticipation and raise your expectation because God wants to do something in you and through you today. Aubrey's fixing to sing for just a moment. For the next minute to two minutes, I want you right now to prepare your heart, raise your faith, and raise your level of anticipation and expectation before God. Remove unbelief, remove doubt, remove fear, remove discouragement, remove, but Lord, the doctor said this, and the person said this, and the bank said this. Remove all the voices. And focus like Mary did on the one voice that mattered and have a discerning meter and say, but Lord, what do you say? Whose report will you believe this morning? But what do you say? Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're a prophet. Come back from the dead. And Jesus said, but what do you say? Who do you call me? Where's your faith? Where's your belief in what everybody else says or in who I am? Take a moment. Prepare your heart. I'm believing this morning for miracles. I'm believing this morning for breakthrough. I'm believing this morning for healing. The question is now, are you? Are you? Are you?